Welcome to the survival podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survive the apocalypse, so you don't have to. I'm Johnny. And I'm Shane. And this week, war is on the horizon? Possibly? Yeah. Maybe? We're going we're gonna to figure that out. Yeah. Because that's a... Uh, uh, everybody's worried now, suddenly. <laughs> everybody's suddenly scared. Yeah. That, uh, As if it wasn't, because was, none of this was at all likely two weeks ago, apparently. It's just now... <laughs> Yeah, well, I suppose that's part of what we're going to look into. Is but it's just funny, people, not just in terms of whether World War Three can happen or is likely. Yeah, the, There's loads of things people are suddenly talking about that they're acting like they didn't exist yeah. two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, Like, have you seen the, the Dave Chappelle on Saturday Night Live? No, no, no. Oh, it's, fun. it's so good to see him back, and it's the first time... SNL has been good in decades. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Uh, but they do a great sketch where it's just him watching, it's him what, uh, election night. It's like just two black guys taking a huge amount of pleasure in watching white people feel how they've felt for the last 200 years, <laughs> essentially, is the joke. That's really funny. And like, but it's a, it's a good point, too. It's like, yeah. America doesn't have a good history of what they've done. No, no not at all. You know, from you know, slavery to genocide of the Native Americans, the imprisonment of Japanese people during World War II. It's like, yeah. And all of a sudden, oh, Trump being elected is the worst thing that's ever happened yeah. in America. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, it's completely new. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. this could never have happened in you know, Obama's America. Yeah, you know. but it's the same thing with now all this talk about World War III. It's like, oh, Trump's been elected. World War III is going to happen now. And it's like, yeah. no, World War III is probably going to happen anyway, no matter who's in power. Well, exactly. Because like, even, even if uh, something did escalate because of Trump, it'd be... On the backbone of... On the backbone of things that have been going on yeah. for the last 10 years anyway. Yeah. Um, but that's what we we're going to talk about before we get started, actually, yes, that's yeah. uh, the usual. Follow us. I'm sure the only we're not like getting a huge amount of new people, so I'm not sure if you know the the thing we used to say every podcast is somebody's first episode. Oh yeah, I'm not sure if that's the case anymore. Like, <laughs> but not anymore. <laughs> if it is your first time, follow us on Twitter at Disaster Artists. Search us on Facebook. We'll pop up. It's and, Disaster Artists Podcast. Yeah, and subscribe wherever you find us and rate and review us if you can yeah, and, and tell your friends share yeah that's more important find us our new people <laughs> share and rate and yeah yeah get us some new new list and you can also buy some sweet merch at what's the web address again uh, tpublic.com forward slash stores forward slash disaster artists or just click the link in the description the links to everything is in the description to this episode anyway but yeah. there you go so yeah, there's a rhetorical question that uh, people ask a lot nowadays, like in any sort of water cooler conversation. Oh yeah. And it's what people are asking now. What is the world coming to? It oh, finishes Johnny, every conversation. What is the world coming to? What is the world coming to? But, Jesus. So before we get started, I think it's important just to separate us from all the scaremongering that's been going on in the last two weeks. We need to acknowledge, yeah. and we've said this before, I think we said it in our first episode actually the Mad Ma or at least one of the early episodes whenever we're yeah. talking about nuclear last oh yeah that you and I and anybody listening to this we all currently live in the safest period of history yeah so everything we're going to talk about is, is possible and unfortunately likely but that doesn't mean you need to like bury your head in the sand just yet or no. dig a dig a for a shelter yeah 
Well, it's like I, I watched the Joe Rogan Triggered, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched that, and he's saying the same thing in it. He was going on about how, uh, you know, everyone, like, this whole thing of, like, make America great again. This is the greatest time it's ever been. This is the greatest <laughs> yeah, time yeah, period yeah. to ever live in. Um, yeah. Like, food is more available, water is more available, technology is at its height. This is the best time to ever live. Why would you want to live in the past? Ever? Yeah, yeah. He's making a point like, you always hear people like, oh, I'd like to go back and live in the 60s. And it's like, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. It'd be shit. Like, this is the best time. Yeah. But, and it's true. Like, and it's definitely said, like, you're less likely to die in any sort of violent crime or yeah. violent altercation. Not just war, but literally inter- mugging everything than any yeah. other period. And not just when they talk about periods not just like obviously you're safer than you would have been in medieval times where fucking knights waged war on each other by seeing how many of each other's peasants they could kill but literally you're safer than you were a decade ago like it's it's that instant it's something like there was 13,000 less violent crimes or violent deaths and I think violent crimes in in 2014 than 2013 whoa and huge. twice as much since two or twice as less sorry than 2012 so yeah. it was steadily there was a steady decline from 1995 so between 1995 and 2014 there was 600,000 less wow that's how much of a decline and how instantaneous it is it's like the figure is doubling every year yeah it's exponentially exponential decline i guess yeah yeah that's um, bad. Yeah, so that but that's how how much safer you actually are. Yeah, and that's now that's for America, but in Western, like you're safer now in Western Europe than you were in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everywhere there's an overall decline. But media coverage of crimes goes up. Is, is yeah. going up. So yeah. it's all fear mongering. Like, does... yeah, well, it's. It's just that you you hear about it. Like back yeah, in yeah. the day, you when like some guy died in a bar fight in Cork, you didn't hear about it in Dublin. Like, no, or it might have been in the paper like a month later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's uh, and it was forgotten about straight away. Yeah, yeah. Were, but they didn't sell because it was old news by the time it even reached the paper. Yeah. But whereas now, not just will they report it, but they'll report how it happened, how these the two people that got in the bar fight, they went to school together, and they'll have like a, a sort of sob story about the... Yeah, it's the, all the story. Yeah, but they'll have like a story about the, the guy who'd done the crime, his family yeah. will get involved. You'll know every intimate detail about everybody involved in the story yeah. within like two days. I'm sure there was one there a while ago, there was the murder-suicide in... Was it in Mead or... This fellow oh, killed his, yeah, his yeah. wife and kids, and then himself, and that was a he- that got huge media coverage. Yeah. Um, and again, the story was about him as well. Not even that, that was all the criticism was. It was all about him, and his wife is only referred to as his wife. Yeah, he never yeah. put her na- like nobody ever mentioned her by name or any of this kind of stuff. It was and all it was about like, the whole thing was she's the victim. Why are we talking about him? Yeah, it was all about like what drove him to do it and yeah, yeah. like his mental illness and all this, and, rather yeah. than this woman has been killed <laughs> yeah it was crazy um yeah it's very interesting that's really common like that type of yeah, yeah. thing particularly when uh terrorism happens as well it becomes a whole backstory yeah. about the person now that's another thing yeah terrorism and mass shootings are on the rise yeah. so they've kind of thrown a spanner into the works but but all the other crimes are gone down but that's the thing like as much as 
these have gone up, they still don't outweigh the decline of all the other crimes. Yeah, yeah. That's worth thinking about. The, yeah. Like, you have all these animals who are fucking letting off bombs in nightclubs and shooting up schools. Yeah. But it still doesn't out- outweigh... The, de- the, the decent people who are like starting to like not kill each other on the streets. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so in some regards, you're a lot less likely to be, say, stabbed or killed or mugged or raped. But, but you're then, uh, you're more likely to be killed in a terrorist attack or a mass shooting than you were, say, fifteen years. Than ago. you were, yeah, yeah. It, the odds are still really slim. Yeah, but the de- but the decline. Overall, is still going down because everybody yeah. else is doing such a good job not killing each other. I guess. <laughs> um, but that's the thing, and I don't know where I heard this, but it could have actually been an episode of The Twilight Zone where uh, he's pretty much summed up civilization. He said, "All civilization is is a handshake between two men and agreeing not to kill each other." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it can be sort of thrown out of. Pro- out of whack at any moment. Uh, but we, we're staying good with the deal, like, so far. Yeah. It's an interesting one as well. But again, a lot of that comes down to, like, it's the basic thing of, well, this is kind of the basics of war, really, is it's resources. It's, you know, I have... I have a pack of digestive biscuits. I have a packet of digestive biscuits sitting on the table here, and you don't. And, uh... I might offer you one or two, but it's my packet. If you <laughs> yeah. want it, you can go to war against me to get it. You know? yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I know I don't have bourbons or custard creams. I decided to go with the neutral ruling biscuit. <laughs> go with a chocolate yeah. digestive. Um, Sorry, the NATO of the biscuit world. <laughs> the NATO. I was going to say the Ireland. Of the um, um, though I think when it comes to war, I, you know, this whole thing. We'll, we'll probably get into it later. Um, but I think that Ireland isn't quite the. Um, the neutral country it claims to be a lot in war it's more like the kid who hangs around with the bully and goes yeah 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 that's why I, <laughs> I would because you didn't go with like the biscuits either of us prefer the reason I call it the NATO is because it's yeah. more keeping us in check rather than being neutral you know yeah yeah it's something oh sure we'll have some but you know I don't really need them yeah. You don't really need them. Right. It's a ter- it was a terrible analogy on my part. That <laughs> <Yeah. but. laughs> was pretty good actually. Yeah, good. But I like that's the basics of war is it's a fight over resources or Yeah, yeah. Um or a woman. You know, Troy. Back in the day, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hate to see a war wait wage now over a woman. woman. Yeah. Yeah, World War Three is something that is likely to happen in the near future it's something that people have been talking about people have been theorizing for and anticipating since probably september 3rd 1945 like since the day after (laughs) yeah world war ii ended in fact it was like i think there was like articles the day after pretty much being like well now the two is over here's what we can expect for three yeah yeah. Um, but they they were terrified of a nuclear war as well that was that was a big thing, but that's more fifties, I mean, isn't it? That kind of came in. Well, no, that was considering like it was nuclear that ended World War yeah, Two. Yeah. I think straight away. But I mean, that's still the fear today. Like, yeah, they, they, they estimate there's an eleven percent chance of World War Three kicking off at any particular time. Wow, an eighteen percent chance of that war being between Russia and America. Yeah, and a two percent chance of it going nuclear. Wow. And if that doesn't sound like a lot, 
you have a 0.3% chance of dying in a car crash. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now, so that's not too, just to clarify too, though, that's not, that doesn't mean like right now there's a 2% chance of a nuclear war. No. So it's 11% chance of a World War Three. In that yeah. 11%, it's 18% chance of being between Russia. Russia and America. And in that 2% chance of it going nuclear. Yeah. So not as scary then, but still, yeah. if a war started now, you'd be like, oh, that's pretty shit. So suddenly all the odds go up. Though. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh. Um, and the real scary thing about a World War Three, it, it, as scary as World War Three is, it's what happens after. It's, yeah. what, it's World War Four. You have you ever heard Einstein's quote about World War Three? When he no. was asked like how how he saw World War Three happening, he said, "I know not how World War Three will be fought, but I know World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones." Ah, uh, uh, yeah, because like, his idea is World War Three would be so devastating that the fighting would never end. Yeah, that just the next wave will be. Mad Max, like this yeah, no- <laughs> yeah. Well, I think even that it just because some people there's this thing that oh, World War Three will only last twelve hours. Oh yeah, because in those few hours, everybody would just blow up the world, and that probably wouldn't happen. No, not at the, first. No, no, but the end. Yeah, like yeah. the it could last for a year, and then there might just be an all-out assault on the last day, and everything's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boys, I did it. Even the countries that stayed neutral or aren't affected as much that they will just take up the fight in the day after <laughs> World War Three ends like, cause oh yeah because they'll have to yeah would there be so many resources shortages and all that that's it yeah, it'd everywhere. be a resource war then at that point like yeah that's the thing like taking resources there's reasons to start a war like yeah there's advisors in like administrations around the world that will tell uh tell their guy that oh now's the right time to start a war essentially because <laughs> it can lead to economic growth and stuff it's not just directly stealing resources but just creating an industry yeah. for a war it's like what are we going to do about the economy war yeah I mean, like which is probably very like likely what happened with the uh, bush and uh, the whole gulf 2 and all that. yeah that was definitely just a yeah a cash well, grab like the whole thing <laughs> i think that and Oh, even sillier reasons too. And it, it's something that happens with a lot of like leaders, especially like back in the day, it seemed more prominent, like during the first two world wars where there was leaders who kind of got involved just because yeah. they wanted to play their part in history. Oh yeah. yeah. Like there was that sort of your like pride kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I have to be a king who survived a war. You it know, definitely yeah. seems like that, doesn't it? Yeah. And it even seems like with George Bush Jr. It kind of seems like that was the case. Yeah, like his famous quote, I always remember his famous quote was he was talking about like uh, Saddam is saying, I got away from my dad and he's not going to get away from me. And it was like he felt it was like unfinished family business to invade Iraq. Like it was so weird. Yeah, it's like, and that's the way he meant it sound publicly, but behind closed doors, it was kind of like to prove his father wrong or something to yeah. be better like you know like the fake he had to be a better president than his dad and obviously there was like the petrodollar and all that played <laughs> well, yeah, too. Course, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I certainly think that a lot of the time it's leaders who just want to play their part in history yeah because uh, some of them they've, they've already gained so much they, they don't really need especially with the world wars like a lot of people entering that didn't gain anything no, or didn't stand to, but because they were they were in a world war, it's like coming in there and actually being.
being on the winning side would make them look good. like if you're going up for re-election like yeah being on the winning side of a big conflict it's gonna do wonders i'd say yeah like that there's a lot of politicians and world leaders who towards the end of world war ii where it was really obvious that like the germans were fucked at that point yeah i'd say there's loads of them are like oh yeah I, i've been helping all <laughs> yeah, yeah. i i yeah I did, I did that see the yeah that was the, i told them to put that tank there yeah you yeah, know yeah. <laughs> just trying to <laughs> that's why you should vote for me again next year you know <laughs> yeah Pretty think there's much. a lot of that that's the main reason the war will start like just greed and <laughs> yeah the, the boost the economy and for ego it seems yeah well that's a, yeah, yeah yeah i have a good bit on ego later um but yeah that's a big thing um it's pride and ego and well, because I guess it's hard to go further without going into the particular scenarios. Do you want to talk about some of the close calls beforehand? Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a few. Um, no, it's just because you'd, you'd said you have some for ego for later. Yeah, yeah. We, so we might as well get to that stuff. But uh, yeah, so if you think it's unlikely, it's, it, all you need to do is like look at how close we've come in the last 78 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's more out there. We've we've in so many ways been on the brink of World War Three for a long time. Yeah, but just there seems to be this kind of feeling in the air now. The last, I'd say, five plus years that World War Three is coming, like in the next decade. Like, yeah, yeah, more so than ever. Well, for our generation, I imagine in the eighties and stuff during the Cold War, it was even more so there. But, um or even far back into the 60s but like and now it just feels like there's a lot of tension in the air and shit's coming yeah, back yeah. you know well, the first legitimate scare like because it comes from a person of note was literally just after World War 2 when the Soviet forces still oh, yeah. had so many troops scattered across Europe yeah and Churchill just didn't trust Stalin at all so he just figured at any moment gonna they turn. were just going to turn <laughs> so he actually proposed Operation Unthinkable which was essentially um, the, the remaining Allied forces to just enact a first strike on Russia or just take them out well not to take them out but it was more I guess first strike isn't the right word because it wasn't necessarily an invasion because it was toward targeting Russians that were stationed throughout yeah, Europe yeah. and not quite in Russia. Yeah. Uh, but it was kind of like put them in their place, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was an invasion. They just weren't really calling it that. <laughs> but essentially it, he proposed that and it was turned down because the Allies didn't really have enough money. <laughs> like everybody was so yeah, torn yeah. up after World War Two that they that it, yeah. didn't have the money to strike at Russia. But that was the first and it was an legitimate fear and it wasn't like he proposed it and they're like, Oh you're crazy. They're like, Yeah, you're probably right, but we can't like we don't we yeah. won't be able to feed the soldiers. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, they just ran out like yeah. this. So it was just like so that wasn't necessarily a close call because nothing actually came of it. You could say something did a few years later, though. Yeah. But it was still somebody who, you know, Churchill no- knew what he was doing. Like, yeah, yeah. That's um, the thing. And so that was the first legitimate fear. Uh, yeah, you have the loads in the Cold War. Uh, yeah. That really st- only starts like a decade later, but it, that's where you get like... Uh, 
really worrying incidences. That's where like we came close through human error and stuff, where <laughs> you really start to worry. Um, do, have you ever heard about? Uh, I, was, I know where this is going. Yeah, go on. Well, there's a few. Yeah, um, I know there's an incident where there's a Russian officer got all the signals to launch his nukes and decided oh, to wait. Oh, yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. But, uh, he was in a bunker outside Moscow. Yeah. And... Yeah, he told It was just an error on the... Like, it was all human error that he basically got the order to fire, like, to yeah, launch yeah. his nukes. And he decided to not follow it and wait. Yeah. Um, and but it was funny because he was just like um, he just he, every all all the signs pointed that these were un- incoming missiles. But he just yeah. thought the, he just had a gut feeling that it was a mistake, yeah. and he was right. No, there's another one which is just like they're both equally bad. But in the the Department of Defense, uh, the Department of Defense, the U.S. Department, obviously, yeah, they had uh, a plan called Operation Drop Shot, Drop Shot, Drop Shot. Oh, drop shot. No, this isn't like a mistake. This is just another... Yeah. Uh, it, it leads somewhere. But this was just a plan um, anticipating the Soviets to take over fucking West Europe in the 50s. So this is what essentially yeah. what Churchill was Trying, worried yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think because they had intelligence that the Russians had plan, had a plan to do this by 1957. Yeah. So over the course of that decade, they would work towards this. Yeah, it's called drop shot because... It relies entirely on piloted bombers. Oh, okay. And the plan was they were they were had three hundred nukes that were just going to carpet bomb like two two hundred targets in a hundred cities. Um, the Americans were just gonna just yeah. carpet bomb Europe just to No well, Russia, Russia oh, sorry, specifically. Russia. Oh, sorry. They had eighty five they it would take out eighty five percent of Russia's military bases. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. In like, and it was just in a single stroke, like that. Because yeah. when you enact that plan, you have a few hours for it to yeah. put into effect, and you left, and that was it. Um, like it's no turning back once pilots are given the order to go. Like, uh, yeah, and they were working towards it, wow. as in it very nearly happened. The only reason it didn't happen is because they successfully tested the ballistic missile, and were like, <laughs> oh, this doesn't, this doesn't put any of us at risk. And that's the only reason they scrapped it. Wow. And then they don't got so focused on working on the ballistic missile and West Europe wasn't taken over and never. Yeah. So like the actual development of a more dangerous weapon saved the world once. Jesus. <laughs> In a weird way, like or sa- yeah. saved a lot of Europe at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like even just the knock on effect of the fallout drifting down towards Europe from Russia and stuff like that's yeah. just like a third of the world. It gone, wasn't just um it was like three hundred nuclear bombs, but they also had like something like just thirty thousand just high explosives that would just yeah. destroy bases all the same. But yeah, it would have been a savage attack. Like Can you imagine what, we're living we, us living in a world now where we're like, Do you remember Russia? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. holy crap. Um Well uh, the thing is they had intelligence that Russia was planning to take over West Europe. We know that to be not untrue, that there was definitely plans there. Yeah. So I'm sure as early as nineteen fifty seven Russia yeah. had like we know they don't never quite had equal what the Americans had in terms of nuclear arms. But yeah. They definitely would have been able to retaliate. <laughs> like, yeah. And you think of like the tension of Germany being split in half as well, of like East and West Germany and 
all that kind of stuff as well. Like, yeah. Jesus. This is uh, going ahead way like loads, but um, just because you mentioned the guy in the bunker, this one's yeah. a really funny one that happened in 1979 in the North uh, American Aerospace Defense Center, oh, or Command right. Center, whatever it's called. So, And this is scary. So there was one morning their technicians got a report that the Soviets had launched a series of missiles at North America. And they pretty much just began to enact the retaliation plan, yeah, which included, well, mainly getting the president down to the bunker and they oh, gave that order and launching 10 nuclear missiles at Russia. Yeah. Um, these would be much more powerful than these would have been equal to what the 300 yeah, would have done it. 20 years beforehand. Of course, yeah, yeah. And literally, as somebody's fingers go on towards the button, the technician who accidentally switched on a simulation program oh, <laughs> stopped him. Yeah. He realized he had switched it on. Yeah, yeah. Holy crap. Somebody just was like, wait a second. Like, oh, no, Jerry, don't. <laughs> Can you imagine just this big switch that says simulation on? And he just looks over it and goes, oh, the light's on that. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. But can you imagine like that guy, the fact that it got down to the last minute, because like, the president had already gotten the order. They'd already yeah, gotten the order yeah. to get the president to safety. And the pilots who were going to just like, it wasn't nuclear, but they were just going to bomb whatever targets. Yeah, yeah. They had already been sent into the air. <laughs> so the ter- so like literally it was, now you have, all that stuff probably happens in over two minutes. Like these are yeah, well trained yeah. for these scenarios. But it got two minutes into it. I'd say for those two minutes, the guy who accidentally switched to on was just like, I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to lose my job, should I say anything? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, like that, that was his two minutes of like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Um. <laughs> Sometimes they call it a glitch, but in anything I've seen of it, seen about it, it seems like it was the, the program was just accidentally turned on. It yeah. wasn't a, a glitch of any sort. Do you think, like, had he not realised, would they just never, ever admit... That's what happened. <laughs> yeah. Like, had they just attacked, destroyed Russia, and then the response is, yeah, yeah, we had to do it. They they were firing at us first. There was no, but, you know, we... There'd uh, be evidence, though. I know, yeah. Like, they just have to just try and sweep it under the rug. You could would not add- admit to like the UN and the rest of the world that uh, somebody accidentally turned on an, on on a simulation so we destroyed Russia. Yeah. Well, you just couldn't admit that ever. <laughs> there was another one that happened and it was during the, I think it was actually during the Cuban Missile Crisis uh-huh. so it's uh, tensions were already really high where yeah. I'm not sure if it was the same it was a base anyway that had missiles Yeah, and like you're talking about somewhere more protected than Area 51. Oh yeah, like Cheyenne or something. Yeah, like and they got like a signal. They got signals on their radar or whatever that there was people under property, and oh, okay. pretty much what they thought was, and uh, yes, I think there was a separate incident that there was readings of missiles coming from America while these guys were getting yeah. in a completely different part of the country were getting uh, readings that somebody had invaded their space. Okay, yeah. So they were thinking, well, this is a... Oh, it's like paratroopers dropping in. Well, yeah, it's a planned attack. And while there's missiles coming from America, there's... I don't think they even thought par. I think they thought maybe suicide bombers that were going to blow up their base because there was nuclear arms or whatever. So they were like, again, they were ready to launch them. 
And it turned out it was just a family of bears. Holy <laughs> 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 crap! Had broken down the fence or something. And oh Jesus! Yeah. Bears. Yeah, family of bears could have. Again, had they launched, they would never have bothered even trying to figure out. Well, at least that's one where like a technician isn't to blame. We're like it's fucking bears. <laughs> yeah, broke the perimeter fences or whatever. You need to go to war with the animal kingdom. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, and speaking of that, the, the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis is the big one that everyone knows about in, uh, I was about to say 67, but sure, that's impossible, <laughs> unless a dead man stopped oh, yeah. it. Uh, 62, yeah, it was yeah. just a year before he, he died in, J- JFK we're talking about, he yeah. died in 63, wasn't it? I think so, yeah, yeah. Um, like, that's probably the closest we've come to, like... World War Three, yeah, yeah, and like, like, you, like fully, like it's the closest along. we've come to a nuclear uh, battle of any sort. Yeah. Even if it was just like a few nuclear missiles shot, and for some reason the retaliation isn't as bad. Yes, yeah, like they fire one or two each, and <clears> they go, "Oh shit, we shouldn't." Have done like that. I can't imagine that lasted for thirteen days. I, it must have been very weird to live through that, even here in Ireland, where you're just yeah. for t- for two weeks. You're just waiting for... When you just be, like, coming home from work, turning on the radio, probably couldn't, because it wouldn't be the TV you'd be turning on, really. Um, here, anyway. You just turn on the radio and listen to the news where they're like, and we're still sitting to see, waiting, if nuclear war will break out. Like, like that's yeah. crazy. Would you still do the podcast if that was going on now, if there was 13? Oh, yeah. You'd have to, like... <laughs> yeah. We we change our format slightly, be like, okay, make sure you have this and this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, I just heard during the week, uh, the, on YouTube, you can listen to it. It's a phone call between JFK and Eisenhower, who oh, was yeah. president before Kennedy, just discussing it one night, where he just rings him to get, he rings Eisenhower to just get some advice. Like, <laughs> Holy crap. Um, it's really interesting. They're both, they're so casual yeah. about, and Eisenhower's just like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Like, yeah, I think, he's just laying out, he's like, yeah, they say that, you know, if we don't invade Cuba, they'll take the arms away, and, and Eisenhower's just like, yeah, yeah, I think you've done good, like, that's all we can really do, like, they're so casual about <laughs> it. And you're like, that's so weird how casual they are. But then you're like, but they've been, have de- to be well, they've been also, I'm sure they weren't that casual 13 days beforehand. <laughs> like, no, They've no. been dealing with it for... Yeah. I don't yeah, know I, what part Eisenhower actually played, I can't imagine much. I think that's it, like, with any scenario like that... Actually, can I just point out, that'd be like, can you imagine, if that happened now, that would be like... Well, now it'd be like if Obama rang George Bush Jr. Or <laughs> in a year's time, it'd be like if Trump was ringing Obama, which yeah. you just I can't imagine that happening now. No. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. It's, I can see how, like, talking to grandparents and things who, like, were alive during World War Two, and there's all, like, rationing going on and all that kind of stuff. Like, it just very quickly became, this is the way that li- life is. Yeah, yeah and you just kind of get on with it like it's it's so strange to us now even though we're very very likely going to be living as adults through world war three mm. um i suppose when it happens you just adapt like you just go with the flow kind of and it's just i imagine that you probably very quickly just are like okay so this is 
I get you get used to this level of tension continuously yeah. happening, you know. Well, I think like you're saying 13 days. By the time they got to the end of 13 days, they're like, yeah. So we uh, we avoided that. Yeah, that was that was good. So glad. Yeah. You know? Well, I guess <laughs> when you think about it, yeah, it is because only retrospectively do those events seem like the big deal they were. Yeah, like to us as outsiders. Because when you think about like the the Iraq and Afghanistan invasions of the last decade or yeah. two decades now, I guess, or not just yeah, yeah, fifteen years, um, they're very much seen as like close to equal to the politics surrounding the Vietnam War. Yes, but when we look at like all the protests from Vietnam and all the movies met around that, we yeah, we yeah. see that as being like a much bigger thing. It's epic. Like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, there was just as much protests for the Iraq war and all, you know, because we were alive for them. They don't actually seem as big. Probably will in 20 years when we're telling our kids about, oh, I remember the protests for the Iraq war. Then suddenly it'll seem like a bigger event. Yeah. Um, I mean, we lived through 9-11. Yeah. And it's, I mean, in a way, there was a better chance of that leading to a third world war than the missile crisis, considering people actually died on this, (laughs) considering this this attack actually happened. Yeah. Um, and it was like the biggest tax since Pearl Harbor, which yeah, is what yeah. brought America into yeah, World War yeah. II. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think it's just the tension. Sir. There's something unique about the tension surrounding the missile crisis, yeah. where it's that like for two weeks, people just were left waiting. Again, because it was higher stakes than we'd ever faced before. Yeah. And yeah. we've yet to ever face either, you know, because it, yeah. it was nuclear war. Yeah. And... That's as we kind of get into it now. Is like World War Three might, like as we were, we already said, is if World War Three breaks out tomorrow, it what will end it is the nuclear part. It won't be, uh, it won't just be twelve hours long where they just yeah. launch nukes at each other. Like, like th- that scenario is very very unlikely now. Well, it really just depends, though. Yeah, I mean the the other, I guess the other ways we came close, it wasn't so much. Close calls like the missile crisis, but there was a lot yeah. of instances of just like throughout the 50s, 60s, you had NATO growing and constantly doing military tests and stuff. And every time yeah. they were out doing doing a war games, Russia was like, is this definitely a war game? We'll have our own war game to make sure. Yeah. And there was times <laughs> where like NATO had like, like there was one like military practice where all the countries of NATO at the time, out of whatever members were in at the time, it was probably only like 12 countries then. Yeah. But it was the biggest military gathering since World War Two, <laughs> And so the Russians were like, well, we'll have our war games. So like, only, it's still like a couple of hundred miles separating them, but both military forces were just on opposite sides of an ocean. Yeah. Practicing war. Just getting ready. For and them. you're like, if anybody, if any general made a wrong decision during that, <laughs> they're all, like, literally, that was the quick, like... Everyone's mobilized they're, already. They're, like they're playing war games and within a second, it's a third world war. That would have automatically been a third world war because you have, like, countries from all along the Atlantic fighting. Yeah. And not, it's fucking crazy how close those things just came. It's mad. And they don't get a lot of it. People don't talk about They're just, like, these little minor instances. Yeah. But to me, though, they're scarier. It's that's it. Like it's how much other countries were preparing for it that makes it scary. Not how close they yeah. came. Even the like, even when you take the fucking the Star Wars program that Reagan had, yeah, yeah, like the fact that they had that much 
they were they, they were planning for the long game because like that was something that would take ten years to develop properly. Yeah. And but they were still planning for it. They were in there for the long haul. Like, yeah. It's, uh, wasn't that if they didn't actually have the technology yet, but they were kind of pretending they did a little bit and. Um, there was a bit of kind of just boasting and posturing over that with that, wasn't it? It was uh, not really. I mean, we haven't actually explained. Star Wars is this strategic defense initiative, which was a plan to have ground-based units and like space orbit and uh, launching pads that would shoot down ballistic missiles coming for America from Russia. Uh, but also the hush hush part would be that they wouldn't just be there to shoot down. Yeah. they'd be launching as well that's the part they didn't talk about but um, it wasn't so much that they I don't think they ever rightly claimed to uh, that it was perfected or anything just that they were developing it yeah yeah and I mean they interior existed it, interior yeah. exists today but it's I don't know enough about how uh, different missiles work when Clinton came in he they renamed it and it was to target different types of missiles but i don't <laughs> i don't know the difference between a ballistic missile and a theater ballistic missile yeah, and all yeah. that so i wouldn't either that's for the listener to go and search it still exists but it's just called something else but yeah it was just it was just something under development i think um towards the end he sort of moved towards like not disarming america but like he they cut down on their nuclear oh, stock yeah. and all that um apparently after he saw the uh, the film the day after I t- called it eleven seconds after but that last week but that's a different film oh okay he saw that film and then, Reagan yeah, yeah apparently but and it affected he thought oh okay have you heard the theory though that uh, the whole <laughs> Star Wars program had nothing got to do with fighting Russia and it was actually like Ray- Reagan worried about an alien invasion <laughs> oh no <laughs> so long it's a conspiracy theory are those conspiracy guys doing it <laughs> uh, they should yeah. well look there's actually evidence <laughs> Reagan publicly mentioned alien invasions four times <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so like it's not a huge stretch like yeah. literally four times in speeches not just which yeah. is weird <laughs> like, the it's like we need to not just be worried about enemies within Kind of, he he made speeches where he was like, "Oh, can you just imagine if there was another, you know, an alien race out there?" And he's like, "And you know, nowadays many scientists think that it's possible. And if there was, you know, there could be a threat, and we might be best inclined to work together." And and all that. And then he would just. <laughs> it sounded like he was like, "Will somebody agree with me?" So I don't, I don't have to say it out. Out straight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. This is what would unite the world, would be... Uh... Yeah, so there's this theory that that's why there was so much secrecy behind Star Wars yeah, yeah. and all that. That, would, that it would be like a Independence Day where all the armies of the world well, I think that's join together and listen to the American president. Um, <laughs> but And also, actually, uh, Spielberg... Screen, I think Close Encounters in the White House when Reagan was president. <laughs> oh, right, okay. And when he stood up at the end to thank Spielberg for bringing it and, you know, thank his guests, he just like looked at Spielberg and went, you know what, the funny thing is, half of this room knows that film's true. And then everybody laughed and Reagan just said nothing <laughs> and, <laughs> and just like left. <laughs> 
that's hilarious. <laughs> and it's like, according to Spielberg, and he says like he thinks he was joking and he just had a dry wit, but he at the time he can't be sure. <laughs> but at the time he said at the time he thought Reagan didn't laugh because he was kind of like he he said it kind of as a joke, but then he was a bit angry that the people kind of that know he's telling the truth laughed and they're like oh, okay, yeah. they were laughing because he said it to a movie director or whatever yeah yeah, yeah like there's this whole picture painted as Reagan as a guy a president who wanted to disclose the alien stuff but obviously cotton so kept oh, yeah. but like you know how in American Psycho how he, towards the end the crazier he gets he keeps yeah. accidentally dry, dropping things about yeah, you know, mentioning weird things. It's like that. Like Ray, the mask was slipping. Like in Reagan, just yeah. start towards the end, he started talking about aliens more because <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have like a ship somewhere that yeah. they found. Or there's also that thing that he had Alzheimer's, so he could have just been accidentally letting things slip. Oh, but uh, that's a whole. That's a good other episode to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, the idea if you ignore the, the I've never even heard that ringer before. Really strange. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm going to answer this. You can keep it recording, though. Oh, okay. It's Gordo. Ask him about Reagan. Uh, yeah, he's got to collect something. We'll get him to drop in and tell us. We'll get him to tell us about Reagan and aliens. The thing with the Star Wars program, it kind of, es- the, the fear that it escalate the arms race too, because we talked about the Mad Treaty in our Mad Max episode, yeah, mutually yeah. assured destruction. Do we need to go into that again? Um, I don't know if we really do. I think a lot of a lot of our listeners would know. Explain it really quickly, if you really can. Really quickly, the Mad Treaty is mutually assured destruction. The idea being that if any nuclear armed country launches a nuke, everybody launches all their nukes as a response. The idea being that if you fire a nuke at anybody, it's suicide. Yeah. And and not just, it's suicide for the world, because that's a lot of nukes going into the atmosphere. Even if you're on a tiny island in the middle of somewhere where you're not affected, the effect on weather patterns, whole lot, everything, the atmosphere, you're fucked. So the idea being that the Star Wars program completely makes that void. Oh, okay. Because if they can launch fucking missiles from space, yeah. they, they essentially they've got a magic dome over them that protects them from all the incoming missiles, but they can oh, fire cause everywhere. They can, cause, so they can, uh, they can knock them out of the air or in the surrounding yeah. like, areas. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it makes that void. So like it puts everybody in danger. Yeah. And then it just can lead to another arms race where now everybody wants to have their own Star Wars program. <laughs> and so like it would have just gotten even messier. So that's probably the reason they never went ahead with it. Yeah. The, it would have been void in a few years because everybody oh, okay. would have it and then everybody would... Then one Then it power. would be the next threat thing. Yeah. Well, look, because so, I'd heard that it was... They had this whole thing of like, we're going to build this Star Wars program and blah, blah, blah. And that it was all bullshit just to try and have an upper hand. And that basically it was all theoretical technology. There was no way of actually building any of it or launching any of it. And that it was all just for... I mean, like, it was like, I mean, the arms race in general, like everything. I mean, the space race, they announced it 10 years before they had a rocket, you know. Um, It was definitely something that that was being developed as opposed to them already having, but it was a real thing, like... Yeah, like, just to say the space race, like, there's this renowned image of, like, 
JFK being like, we're going to go to the moon. And all these scientists sitting at home watching the TV going, ugh. That's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> like suddenly, oh, are, are we? Oh, fuck. Okay. So do you want to go into the, the actual uh, scenarios that the, the likely ways um, World War Three will come? Yeah, there's a couple of, like there's been, there's a lot of, so the, the three big powers are US, Russia and China, really. Um, yeah, three big powers, but yeah. Not the three big players in World War Three, though. Um, who would you say it is? North Korea? No, Korea? I'd say Russia, China, US, Japan, and NATO. Oh, sorry, yeah. And yeah. the Middle East. Yeah. I mean, okay. the countries of the Middle East. Yeah. I would say this, like, the, my, the three scenarios are... So I would see it as being... So Russia v NATO, that's one World War Three. Yeah, and that's there's Middle, loads of tensions on that. At the Middle moment. Eastern conflict is another, yeah. and China and America. Yeah, or Japan and China and America having to because America have to support Japan. Yeah, yeah, and Taiwan as well. Are uh, they bound to Taiwan? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I did loads. I, I did loads of research on it this morning. Is hey, if US go against. China, it'll probably be over Taiwan. I was I watched a documentary about it there last night, and it was um, it's basically Japan invaded Taiwan, which was Chinese territory, like in like eighteen ninety two or something like this, and then eventually they gave it back, but it stayed independent from China. So it's this big like black mark on China's history, and then uh, like as the China Chinese uh, the People's Republic of China as a government body developed. Mm. They didn't get to hold on to Taiwan. Taiwan is a democracy. Yeah, yeah. But it, China believes it belongs to them. So it's this real, like, embarrassing thing. This is what I was saying about pride. It's like, they want Taiwan back. And so it's all this, like, they really want Taiwan because it's right on their coast and it's of strategic importance and all this stuff. But then it's a separate individual country that's willing and ready to defend itself against China. They put loads of money into uh, their air force and stuff to defend themselves against China at the moment and there's been a lot of tensions there was in I think it was 96 there was a um, basically China started launching all these missiles like testing them like really close to Taiwan and then there was a couple of ships like facing off each other in the like in the sea and all this kind of stuff so then the US sent two big destroyers like within 100 miles of the coast and you're just like hey hey what's going on here and then they all backed off um and that was like nearly a, a world war three scenario that was like a, a little linchpin and that kind of stuff yeah. so there's so there's a, a lo- loads of things like that have happened over the years but then um, Amer- america have better reasons to uh or and china have better reasons to go to war with each other than that even uh yeah yeah they would like a lot of it is over um just resources and economy and well, it's not even. Well, they they're, they they trade with each other, so it yeah. wouldn't even be a resource thing. It's the fact that China's an emerging superpower. It's not a yeah, superpower yeah. yet, but it's an emerging superpower, and it's uh, an economic threat because it yeah. just takes business, as a certain president elect has been talking about. Yeah. China, China, 
But in this would be a case where it wouldn't be necessary. It wouldn't be the U.S. going to war with China. It would be China going to war with the U.S. Yes. Uh, the United States has been doing everything in their power to stop China from growing. Yeah, like yeah. Everything. Just this week, the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership was cancelled. But most of that was for Americans, America's, uh, the advantage they had from going in on it was that it was essentially to make sure China didn't grow. It was because this was, a, yeah. do you know about the Trans-Pacific Partnership? No, no, I don't know. It was just the same as all those fucking partnerships. Uh, it was for a bunch of different countries on the Pacific to uh, pretty much decide what factory, what jobs would go where, what oh, okay, yeah. factories go where, yeah. a bunch of shit. Loads of, it wasn't going to be something anybody was going to have a say over. Nobody was voting it in. They tried to keep it as quiet as possible. Yeah, yeah. Most of it was centered around making sure none of this business went to China. They were they're oh, essentially okay, the yeah, only yeah. country on it that, or that wasn't on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And there's been loads of stuff like that where the US is trying to... Just exclude them from... Yeah, well, they don't want them to grow because yeah, yeah. if they grow, they become the most powerful country in the world. Yeah. It's everything Trump was talking about where he's like, oh, we don't want jobs going to China, all this. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, He's not the only person that of thinks course, that yeah. in American politics... Obama clearly thinks it because he was behind this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this deal. Trump just said it out loud, I guess. Yeah. But They're like, shut up, you're ruining it for everyone else. You could argue that because of that, the only way China can grow more than they have in the last 30 years yeah, is, is by stopping America from stopping yeah, them. Yeah. From and they're very determined to do so. Well, the, the scary part is that it's just accepted in China. The uh, war with the US is oh inevitable and yeah. yeah like they're just they're like oh like, like they're, they're, we're, they're gonna have to go to war with them. they're training for it and um, well this is part of like I was talking about that ninety six conflict and they've had a few I think it was in it was in the Kosovo war uh, the US accidentally or accidentally in inverted commas <laughs> is how it was phrased uh, bombed a US embassy in like oh, Kosovo yeah, yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that and. They killed like three officials and all this kind of stuff, and so it took loads of like apologizing and begging and all this. But China just were like really pissed off about it, but then kind of went, okay, yeah, no, that's fine, yeah, whatever. And what China have basically been doing is they have just been studying the U.S. and all its conflicts in the Middle East, all that kind of stuff. And every time the U.S. develop a new technology in war, China develop a way to uh, counteract it. Or develop their own version of it. Yeah, this like is there's a constant arms race at the moment where they're they're building like quieter, faster submarines to take out uh, destroyers and all this. Like there was an incident, I think it was about 2006, where uh, they just came into like international waters and just popped up. Never showed up on radar or anything. This really advanced Chinese submarine just popped up in front of a destroyer. And yeah. it just went down again. And they were just like, what the fuck was that? And there's, there's a lot of that kind of shit going on where they're just constantly testing. Um, and they, they now have all the resources to independently develop all their own air force and everything. They don't import like technology from anywhere else. They build it all themselves from scratch. And all, like, yeah. It's scary shit. Like. Now, that's called uh, asymmetrical warfare. Yeah. Now, that's actually, that's because, you see, China, despite their economic growth, they still don't have the history of, of military power that America yeah. does. And they don't actually have the money either really to quite match it. No. They've got far too much to worry about in their own country 
to really actually put the sort of money that America has put into their military. So asymmetrical war is the 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 best course for them. So that's whereas the Americans are building like big carriers and all this for airplanes. Yeah. Asymmetrical warfare is the idea of focusing on building something that will blow up those carriers well, rather yeah, than actually making them. Yeah, well that's exactly what they're doing and they're they're on course from what I was reading there. They're on course to match America's military in the late 2020s. Right. At the, their current rate of uh industry of uh, our, like what they're putting into defense forces and stuff like that. Because their their big challenge is because what they, they've set up uh, is it blue navy, blue water blue water navy. Uh, yeah. So there's different levels of navy. I can't remember which is which. Blue water is the one that can go globally that they've just uh, set up. But I mean, looking at like they need to, there's this with the, as far as their navy goes anyway. They have a long way to go. It seems, but. Yeah. Well, really, 2020 is when they will match well, it? Well, late 2020s, so it could be like oh, okay. 2027 or something. Okay. But yeah, they're on course. So they're a decade away from now, say, uh, to match. And they're putting... Um, <clears throat> which is, like, in China, that's a long... Considering, like, they're really 20 years of being the country they are now. So 10 yeah. years is a long time. This is also a country that has 28,000 rivers have disappeared in China. <laughs> that's how shit their country is at the moment there's no other way to say it their country yeah, yeah. It, uh, they are a superpower at the mo- or going to be a superpower they yeah. have seen huge economic growth all at the expense of their natural resources and their country itself oh that's it yeah they're there's ravaging a, the landscape like there's that. a reason they need to uh, move into Africa and these places yeah and they need to, and the Americans are stopping them, and that might be what caused the conflict. But the reason they need to is because they there's such there's an environmental catastrophe going oh, on the, in their yeah, country. Yeah, their industry has no respect for environment yeah. at all. Like they're just moving, consumed, so destroyed. Like their military growing to that size relies on them getting a lot of resources. Well, resources. getting out of China. Yeah, and America is what's stopping them from getting out of China. Yeah. So they're going to fight America, but they need to get out of China to build a military to fight America. It's so kind you don't of a trap. Yeah. yeah. But as well, uh, well, it's those traps that are dangerous. It's it's when people are trapped into the, backed into those corners. Yeah, that's, that's when wars happen. That's when an animal's the most dangerous. Is when it's trapped in a corner. Isn't it? yeah. But the funny thing is, as well, because one of the United States' biggest trade partner is China. Yeah. One of China's biggest trade partners is, is the, US. the U.S. And that's why people say. They probably won't go to war because they rely so much on each other. Yeah, there was there. It was a couple of years ago. There was probably around two thousand seven, I think, where there was like a heavy storm in. Um, was it in Singapore? And the knock-on effect of it affected their uh, their markets, and they had like a nine percent dip in like their markets on their stock market exchange. Right. And it it caused it, a four percent dip in uh, Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. And it was just a storm in China, and like I had this huge dip. Yeah, and it was really it shows how closely tied they are together. Yeah. Um, but the thing I would say to people saying that would be a reason they wouldn't go to war. Uh, England's biggest trading partner before World War One was Germany. Yeah. And England's <laughs> biggest trading partner before World War Two 
was Germany. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> historically, that has yeah. never made a difference, no, unfortunately. Um, if it did, nobody would really be going to war yeah, yeah. at the moment. Because globalization, everybody's trading with each other. Well, that's it. We're all connected. Um, like, have you heard of the unrestricted war? Say that again? The unrestricted oh, war. Oh, no. This is... Um, I was watching this documentary. It was really interesting. And they were talking about how basically the unrestricted war is World War Three, and it's currently happening. Oh, so I've, I've heard that theory, but and I just haven't heard it under rather that than name. Being, rather than it being a war on the ground with troops, it's a war through economy and internet hacking. Mm. So it's like China and America are constantly hacking the shit out of each other. They're going after... There was like the... The naval college has been hacked, and then they're trying to hack uh, someone like the Treasury Department, and then they're hacking China, and it's back and forth, and it's constantly going on. And then they're always trying to undermine each other in business, exactly what you were saying with the deal in the Pacific. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And this has been going on for like since the beginning of the internet, pretty much. There's loads of loads of people are writing about that this is World War Three because it has no restrictions. It's just going to be ongoing, continuous battle, even though there's no. Uh, there's no people. There's no fire no, without a fire. A single shot being fired. Yeah, well, it's a, a cold war. A yeah, yeah, cold war essentially. Um, but it has a lot more. There's a lot more going on in it. It's slightly, it's lukewarm, <laughs> kind of. It's the idea. You know? Yeah. A cold war without the uh, on the ground spies, but yeah, exactly. Or is it? We there could be on the well, spies. Now the other factor with uh, China that we didn't mention, which of course plays a huge part in it is that China has also partnered with countries that have been quite antagonistic towards America. <laughs> so, and that, and that's the difference maker. Uh, so, whereas their, mil- their military needs to grow to yeah. fight America maybe uh, when they're partnered with places like North Korea, it can, yeah. it can help them. Uh, maybe not necessarily North Korea, but there's certain places. And also, like, when you actually see how much of Africa, China essentially owns now. Oh, really? Yeah, well, they've moved, they've... Oh, like, they're buying up, uh, like, oil field, fields and coal mines and yeah. diamond mines. And, and just like land with nothing in it. For some reason, there's Chinese oh, yeah. government just own huge amounts of just empty land in Africa for whatever reason. Obviously, because they're fucking up China, so they need to move somewhere. <laughs> well, yeah, but they just haven't, there's just so much space, they haven't done any. I saw a map once where it you know, had just red markings for everywhere that was owned by the Chinese government in Africa. I suppose that, well, that's that's part of like the unrestricted war, is it's rather than invading places, it's, oh, let's just buy it. Yeah, that's probably... And it's like, oh, we'll, that's the modern kind of way of like taking over land. You don't invade a country, you just buy it. And, and they'll do it with in private industries, like, they'll buy a big company. They'll get uh, shareholder majorities and things like that in companies and just take it over. Though saying that, everything we're about to talk about from here on, there's no mention of anybody buying land. Like, that's the only case. All the rest is the classic invading. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Do you want to go on to the next one? Yeah, yeah. Which is seen as being the most probable is... Russia v NATO. Yeah. So, did we didn't explain NATO earlier, really. We just mentioned it a lot no. without saying the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. It's the North Atlantic Alliance, but for, and people say, 
you know, which spells NATO somehow. NATO was the tr- the organize the original organization. But anyway, yeah. so it's uh, an intercontinental or intergovernmental. I'm not sure which is the correct <laughs> word you'd use. Uh, military, essentially. There's 28 members now. So, like, you have the the usual suspects in there, like US, Italy, France, Canada. But then you also have Albania and places like yeah. that. There, and Albania, it's just somewhere we don't think of as being a, a big power. But no, no. they've got a huge military, like. Yeah, yeah, massive. Um, actually, a friend of ours, <laughs> a friend of ours, a guy we went to college with was from oh, Albania. And he was on a, a documentary about Albania here. Really? Oh, I didn't yeah, see Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was on RT. He did it going back years ago. We were still in college when it aired. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, it was just crazy. Like, I wouldn't have known a lot about Albania before seeing that. And you see, like, there was a point, like, their government was so paranoid during the Cold War era. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, it wasn't because of the Cold War. They were fighting their own fights. They had um, bunkers uh, mandatory in the back of every house. Oh, I remember. Uh, so, as if they were, if the country was invaded, you could go out and fight for your country, and essentially, like, have guns in your own bunker. And yeah, we like, were we were talking about this before, and they're saying, was it Albania that in in the event of a huge attack, they're the most likely to survive? So, because of these bunkers, was that? No, no, they're definitely not the most likely <laughs> yeah, to survive. Yeah. No, no, that'd be all the the Eastern Bloc of Europe, Sweden, yeah. and that were. Oh, uh, sorry, the, it was Sweden. Yeah. Um, no, Albania. Sorry, well, they're they're uh, strategic bunkers. Like. Oh, sorry, yeah, okay. But anyway, so there's countries like that involved who, you know, they're they are maybe while not like a superpower, they've got like well trained, a well trained military, and even are Finland part of NATO? I assume so. I assume so. Yeah. Um, huge military. Yeah, yeah. No, a, a well-trained. They're, they're, these are all countries where everybody does like two-year military service. And That's you're not, mandatory. Yeah. You're not sent into combat, but everybody's trained. Yeah. Um, Imagine that, like having everyone between like the ages of whatever, like eighteen and forty, has some kind of military training in your country. Like you're that prepared to call up. Yeah. Well, apparently, what happens is you end up with a country with uh, a very uh, small. Death toll, little like virtually no gun crime in Finland. Yeah, yeah. but everybody like it, everyone has a gun. Everybody can own a gun. It's like America, where even more lax laws. Same with Norway, really yeah, lax yeah. laws. But they're all but trained yeah. how to use them. Though. Yeah, but anyway, essentially NATO has been fucking expanding since the end of the Cold War. So it started in forty five in forty nine actually, and with twelve members, and pretty much at least grew by maybe two. Every yeah. every decade, which is pretty big for yeah. that's essentially a military go- growing by two regimes every ten years. Yeah, and Russia has generally felt threatened by NATO mainly because ha- half the members were part of the Warsaw Pact, so like it's just people <laughs> that were once aligned with Russia yeah, now yeah. against them. And the the main con like so the thing with NATO is. It is an attack on one, is an attack on all. Yeah. That's the reason they're together, essentially. Yeah, that's the whole point, yeah. When, if you, I'm sure people remember, like, the coalition of the willing uh, with the Iraq war, they were all members of NATO. Yeah. Um, Safety numbers is the idea. Yeah, yeah. And once you're, if you're with NATO, you are required to, to help another, any other country. Yeah. So that's what, like, a lot of people are like, were, 
so, so, so somebody from Poland might have been like angry about Poland supporting America during the Iraq War. Yeah, but there was an agreement f- since 1949 <laughs> that they would. <laughs> like, and so they kinda, yeah, <coughs> and they kind of have to. Like we uh, were involved. Ireland was involved in the Iraq conflict. Yeah, and shouldn't have been because we're a neutral country well, and exactly. we're not members of NATO and yeah. have no obligation to anybody else that was involved in the Iraq no, we, war. No, we do, we do loads of stuff for UN. Yeah, than, uh, but yet we're directly involved with the Iraq war. Like, <laughs> in, like, in such a crucial way, it's like, where like, we essentially were the... For them getting to A to C, we were B. Like, <laughs> for... <laughs> for no, oh, yeah, yeah. Just with Shannon and stuff like that. Yeah, well, that's a huge, that's yeah, yeah. A huge element. Like, you literally had prisoners that were brought to... Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay were Red stationed Street, were yeah. stationed here between journeys like yeah, yeah. For, like that's a huge and like crazy. the government played it down but that's an absolutely huge deal. like if I kidnap somebody yeah. <laughs> and I don't know where to keep them so I leave them in your garage overnight yeah. You are directly <laughs> responsible <laughs> for what happens. And I'm like, no, I'm neutral. I'm neutral. Yeah, I'm you not can... involved in this. Uh... <laughs> no, jo- Johnny has a key to my garage. Like, I didn't know. But you did. But he... No, but the argument would <laughs> yeah. be you knew, but you're still new. Oh, I knew, but he brought them. Yeah, yeah. And I, I opened them. the door for him, but, like, he locked it. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, yeah. they were gone the next day. Like, yeah, it was only. They were only there a night. Surely it has to be two nights in order for it to be considered kidnapping. <laughs> <laughs> like, but that's essentially yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, you're an accessory at that point. <laughs> Russia, I guess, understandable that they would feel threatened by NATO because yeah. that's a it's a huge military, or at least in theory, it's a huge military. Now yeah. they actually, the I'm not sure what exactly criteria you have to fill to become members, but one of the main ones is you have to a certain percent of your your country's money has to go into military spending it's oh, like two yeah, percent yeah, or yeah. something more than of your gdp you know yeah, that yeah yeah um and when you're talking about countries like america and canada and the uk in them obviously they spend quite a bit so if the other countries have to spend an equal percent anyway yeah, yeah. um you'd imagine it's quite they're all spending quite a bit I don't know what yeah, size yeah. the fucking, I don't know. I'll, Norway have a big enough army, but Belgium, like, right now, I don't know what their army's like. But I assume. But they, it, well, they were heavy hitters in World War One. I, I know. Were, yeah, well, there was a lot of heavy hitters in World War One. <laughs> yeah, that aren't now. <laughs> well, I assume anybody that's in NATO is still a heavy hitter. They yeah. just have to be to be there. So, but you well, kind of don't read. Really, but there are all these kind of countries you don't really think about. Like, it's funny. yeah. Yeah, yeah, like Albania and Belgium, you never think about as no, those, no. but clearly. Yeah. As soon as you say to me, like, oh, yeah, well, I heard this about them and that, and they were yeah. there, and suddenly it makes sense. But, like, for years as a kid, I would never have thought that, you know, France were a nuclear power. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's such a simple. Thing. When you actually look at uh, all the tests that have been done in the last few decades, like, France just kick it up so much <laughs> towards the crazy. 70s. Crazy. Um, they created Godzilla, didn't they? Was it French that done Godzilla? <laughs> no, I <don't> know. <laughs> uh, no, I think they tested in the Atlantic where it was the Americans and... They were specific. Yeah, yeah. yeah generally, it, it used to be the Americans created Godzilla, but I think in the remake they changed it around. Yeah. Oh, sure, like in the remake it's like Fukushima or something. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't even create him, it just wakens him. 
Yeah, because he's attracted to the radiation or something. Oh, it's your film. Um, But yeah, so the conflict, anyway, how Russia come into it rather, well, just feeling threatened by them, but it pretty much all comes down to Ukraine and uh, Crimea in particular. So Crimea... On a map, I can't quite place it, but it's it's beside it's Ukraine, it's yeah. bottom of Ukraine, um, and it's it happens to sit on a massive oil field. But we, I'm sure, I doubt that's important. I don't know. I could, can't imagine anything to do with that at all. And like, there's a, it's got a pretty long history of going back and forth between uh, empires. It was annexed by the Russian Empire in the 1700s yeah. originally. Then it ended up back with them in. Now, annexed is in just handing over power. Uh, it's not like they disowned them. Ended up back with them in 1917. But then in the 50s, the Russians transferred it to <laughs> the Ukraine, essentially, as a show of solidarity yeah. to work together or whatever. So there's there's just this whole history there. This is a really arseways way to explain this. So separately in the Ukraine, Ukraine were in huge financial trouble, the yeah. same as fucking everybody was after yeah, the recession. And in 2014, I want to say, but I think of earlier than that. Anyway, yeah. in the last couple of years, they uh, needed a bailout and they had two options. Oh, yeah. The EU or Russia. Yeah, who do they ask? Yeah. Well, they're, they're, both, tec- they're technically not really members of either, though, were they? They, they sit on the, the... Essentially, they sit between the two, like, yeah. literally and they're figuratively. The bo- they're the border between Russia the, yeah. and Euro, yeah. EU... Zone, I suppose, yeah. And they are, yeah. And they were offered a bailout by both. So it was a political play on both parts. It's kind of like, oh, what do we do now? <sighs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, the president, whose name is Yanukovych, I don't know, ex-president, he's not president now anyway, so his pronunciation doesn't matter if he's not yeah. still there. Uh, he accepted it from Russia and the Ukrainian people went mad over that, similar to what people are like with Trump now. Yeah, because um, they thought that was just choosing a side and choosing the wrong side, <laughs> and so there was this huge government crackdown on protesters, and Yanukovych fix or whatever his name was was taken out of power. Meanwhile, while that was all going on, because the Ukrainians had this big anti-Russia protest essentially for them side Russia in Crimea, which seventy-seven percent still speak Russian, yeah, they started having pro. Russian uh, <laughs> protests for whatever reason, and the Russians saw this as uh, pretty much a sign that well, Crimea, they obviously want to be part of Russia, so they sent hundreds and hundreds of troops into <laughs> into Crimea. You're part of us now. You got your wish. <laughs> well, yeah, because they held an election, and ninety percent of Crimea voted to leave the Ukraine and. Join Russia, and then oh, P- right, okay. Putin just announced uh, that they were now a part of, part of Russia. Because <laughs> uh, that's how that works. Yeah, and NATO referred to this as an election that was held that held at gunpoint. <laughs> um, yeah, NATO condemned this action. They saw it as being a, a rigged election. Essentially, yeah. uh, there's actually been no evidence that there was a, a, anybody voted anyway. Like, but, just... that, but that's almost like with Brexit. Like they announced. They wanted to leave, so all of Europe just decided to go to war with England. <laughs> like, it's, it's, you know, it's only the same kind of thing of like, oh no, you don't want to be with us? Fine, you're against us. You know, like, Wait, what do you mean though? It's it's nearly the same kind of idea of um, when when the Brexit vote came in, 
yeah. to leave, but like the rest of Europe going, okay, we're with war with England now. Fuck you. Yeah, but which which, which would be England? Are you saying they're Ukraine or Crimea or Russia? No, just saying the way Crimea were like they did this photo, and then Russia were like, okay, you're ours now. It's like just decided. Yeah, That's the yeah. way it is. Well, essentially, the like it's kind of debatable who who's, who's rightfully has Crimea. I guess. Yeah. Like yeah. nobody. It's fucking. It's like when you get into these things, like, geographically, it seems like, well, no, that should be part of Ukraine, but then it was <laughs> yeah. once part of Russia, but then they were all part of this. This is why, this is what happens when you have so many different unions over the course of yeah. such a short period. Like It's crazy. From there, like, once that becomes, or is claimed to be part of Russia, you then have a rebellion. Now, now this isn't, they, they got rid of that guy of power, put another guy in power in Ukraine, but then you have a completely unrelated rebellion. Yeah. where hundreds of rebels take control of government buildings in the Ukraine. And this is while all the Russians are still stationed in Crimea. Yeah. It would seem, based on loads of photos that came out and video footage and eyewitness testimony, that yeah. these rebels in the Ukraine... Yeah. All spoke Russian. <laughs> there was Russian soldiers. Yeah, well, they think there was rebels, but that they were led by Russian oh, military yeah, yeah. that was sent to Ukraine, and the Russians denied this. Um, yeah, this is the whole thing. It's like there's just these like armed men everywhere, and they're like, "Who are you with?" And they just ignore you. Yeah. Like they're just don't this talk is, to anybody. It was while this was all going on where that plane was shot down. Yeah, where they it was a mistake essentially, or I don't know if it was or not, yeah. <laughs> but. Like, that was shot down by the Russians in the Ukraine, wasn't it? Wasn't that the case? It was shot down by the rebels. Yeah, yes. Sorry, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. The rebels that weren't led by anybody yeah. else. Um, so that's one of the big conflicts. And that's good. And that, that's... Fuck it, all that's... Oh, that's just lead up. That's all old news by this point. Because, yeah, yeah. like, now... I mean, it's obviously... Like we shouldn't even talk about the most recent thing that happened. Because by the time this podcast goes up, it'll be old news too. <laughs> Something else. Uh, but that's just the type of shit going on that could lead to a war with NATO. Yeah. Now, and a war with NATO is 28 countries, and of those 28, America is in there. So yeah. a war against NATO... Is a world war. Is a, Well, but also, almost more importantly than it being a world war, it's, a, it's Russia v. America. Yeah, and... It's like... But it's kind of the way it's always been, even when you go into, like... It's the same in... Um, it's like Afghanistan and all this stuff. It's always been... Russia, America, but they're just using proxies in between. It's a, like it's just continuously been exactly that. It's like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. America versus Russia, and it's been that since World War Two, and it's just been ongoing. Like nearly every like war that's taken place within, say, mainland Europe or near the Russian borders or anything, has always had some American influence or funding. And yeah. it's just that's the way it's been for a long time. It's oh, everything is. Russia versus America, but they're not doing any of the fighting. You know, there's it's, it's yeah, a lot of that. Yeah. That has been gone on for a long time. Well, because they're too, there's such super superpowers yeah. that yeah. if they fight, like it is, whoever wins, we lose, kind of thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. This is one that isn't. I guess they have actual. They want this land. They want. To control Crimea, they want... There's other parts of... Essentially, they would... I'm sure they would just like to have Ukraine as a whole. Yeah. So they'd be doing that anyway, whether America were members of NATO or not. Yeah. But it's one that 
yeah, will will definitely lead to uh, conflict with the United States. As we go on with other ones, they, like they all kind of circle around and come back. Like you were saying, they all lead to America v. Russia anyway. Yeah. Uh, but this is kind of one of the most likely scenarios, but just the scariest because it's... So like, if it was something going on in the Middle East, even if it was Russia and America internet, that's one thing. Yeah. America and China, that's another thing. They're all worrying. Yeah. But this one's worrying because it's the 28 countries that could do serious damage to Russia. So the risk oh, here yeah. is that you do you know you know about the dead hand system? No. Nope. Okay, so the dead hand system, it was officially called a uh, parameter in the Cold War. And oh, okay. it's essentially a system to automatically trigger the launch of every ballistic missile uh Russia has. Wow. If a nuclear strike or any like extra high radioactivity activity is detected by their sensors. The idea being, if Russia's destroyed, yeah, everything they have, like Logic, if you bomb the yeah, hell out, automatically, of, yeah, yeah, no matter how organized you are and how much force you use, if you if you just carpet bombed Russia with nukes, it still fires back. It fires everything back, wow. and the general sort of idea that you know intelligence scattered back in the day was that it's still in use. That's crazy, um, and I think how. They think it's normally actually switched off. Yeah. And when there's any sort of conflict arises anywhere in the world, like even when 9-11 happened, they, switch it they on. switched it on and it's just left on until that dies down. Wow. Now so it's, it's their equivalent of like DEFCON, nearly. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we switched this on, system on. Yeah. But wow. with absolutely terrifying consequences. <laughs> like you could... There's also theories that it's actually worse than that. That it might be... It's like a is it not a kill switch? What's oh, like a, a dead man switch? Isn't that where if somebody doesn't? Oh, if you don't. Oh, so if somebody like, doesn't turn, if 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 there's like in law, if somebody doesn't press this button at the end of each day, it goes yeah, off, yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> oh yeah, you have to like put in the numbers every five hours, or it'll yeah, go off. No, I'm sure not that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, just imagine you just spent extra, you spent too long in the toilet, like, <laughs> and that like there's no real conflict I can think of that can lead to that happening. But when yeah. like, well, there's loads that can, but it's the thing with with so many countries being involved, a world yeah. war. So many countries are going to be involved, but th- that's the one where it seems that's something that could very quickly. We were talking about the we'll never see the the World War Three only lasted fourteen oh, hours, yeah. but this scenario kind of makes that. Yeah, yeah it could. Wow, like. I'd never heard that. That's crazy. Um, but it's kind of like I can I can see a scenario where like a Bond villain type of character would set off a dirty bomb in like St. Petersburg to activate the system when it's already switched on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you, you know see, what I mean. Like, just so there's a skirmish in, like, in a country somewhere, and they go on alert. We so were then, t- yeah, a terrorist group set off a bomb to activate this system to well, just fuck everything up. Well, we were talking, they could, and that's the big worry stuff like that. Yeah. Now, I think their system has to, like, when they say high radioactivity, it's essentially the sensors have to. I'm sure the sensors are. Scattered throughout Russia, yeah, so yeah. you need to actually. I'm sure do- around, dozens yeah. need to go off hundreds of miles away from each other. Yeah, yeah. You you were saying earlier about like it's people paint a picture of just the Russians as being evil Bond villains. But I know they don't want a nuclear war either. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, you were saying about that general. Also, like there's an interview with you can see a, an interview with Putin. It's from the Russian news network. 
uh, where he, he's just sitting at a table talking to loads of American press. Oh, yeah. And he's just given out to them. Because he's like, why do you not... Re-? He's listing out all the things America are doing and, like, all the nuclear arms they have. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. The way America normally talk about, like... Because Americans will talk about, oh, this country has weapons of mass destruction, they've got nuclear arms, and we need to yeah, disarm yeah. them, as if they're the only ones that should have them. Yeah. And his point is that America has more nuclear arms than they admit to, and everywhere else in the world, they're the ones who have too many, too much arms, yeah. and people are worried about they them. They need to back the fuck down. Yeah, <laughs> and Putin's just like, it's terrifying how much they have and how willing they yeah, are it, to use them. It's, 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 it's sold as if America should be afraid of the world, but actually the world's afraid of America. Yeah, well, like, if you go by the way, if you were to ignore, if you were to wake up out of a coma... From you, you fell into a coma when you were nine, and you yeah. woke up now, and you're learning about the world, and you saw Putin before the rest of them. He would to you, he would look like the good guy because he looks yeah, to yeah. be very worried about America just randomly coming over and destroying them, which kind of makes sense as to why they're like they're the ones in fear and on edge. Yeah, yeah. As a result, it's like America are the scary. Well, that's why. The, yeah, like a, that's the thing. A dead hand system isn't the type of thing. A really powerful nation has that's a that's a desperate measure. Yeah, that's your last like you resort. Com- you compare that to, like they they put this in place when Reagan was talking about the Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you compare those two systems. They're but one's about <laughs> defense just, uh, and counterattack, and the other is about putting just missile any- launches in space. Like for fuck's sake! Like oh well, I seen that one was the one about defense, and yeah, yeah. and then the other is about uh, if it all goes to shit, at least we'll. Take the bastards with us. Yeah. <laughs> They're too complete. Like, but just as far as uh, you were saying about, ac- you know, how that could accidentally be triggered. I just, this is a funny story that we should, I should have mentioned early, <laughs> earlier on. But another actually close call was in the 60s, a B-52 bomber crashed near Greenland. And they had no time to make an emergency landing or to even send a distress signal. Yeah. So the crew just evacuated. And I think only one person died when they left the plane, but it crashed anyway. And on it was a hydrogen bomb and a couple of small nuclear arms. Yeah. So when, you know, a plane crashed, it's going to explode. When it exploded, there was a nuclear reaction. It showed up to, is it, I think, Tull airspace off Greenland. Their radar showed up, showed it as a nuclear detonation, obviously. Yeah. But also... It the Americans read it as a nuclear attack on their B fifty two bomber. Oh, so pretty much sake. all around there, they all got signals that there was a nuclear attack. So everybody they, was like, "Fuck!" And everybody was about to launch, but then the crew were able to. I'd never heard that before. That's mad. Yeah, there was a. There was, I think it's called the Tull Affair. I might be pronouncing the name wrong because there was a whole thing after it. There was a scandal that happened afterwards because you know the Americans had a plane in this airspace that well, they, they shouldn't have, have yeah, and there was yeah. a whole. Why was there nuclear material on it to begin with? Yeah. And the, the idea that it actually almost started a bit of a war. What <laughs> yeah. kind of was lost in the mix, which is funny. But yeah, so, so far, which do you think? So NATO v. Russia or China v. America, which is... Well, most of the research I did was China versus America, because that's what kept popping up for me. But here in both of them even, which so far is... The... But from the way tensions are at the moment, like, what I think it'll be is, I don't, from what I've read and what I've heard from you, I don't necessarily see China going in an all-out war against America. I can see it being 
this it's this constant kind of back and forth like battle it's, yeah like a siege war yeah and even if they invade taiwan you see america have a lot of uh they've a lot of trade taiwan is one of their biggest producers of like um is it semiconductors or something like that like all the uh, components for computers and stuff like that. Yeah, well, listen to Taiwan are a big supplier of that. And then, from a defense and strategic and spying point of view, Taiwan's really good for them. In isn't that isn't as there well. a material like a lithium, something Sol- used on batteries that yeah, you can only get in Taiwan? Like, that's the There's only place like in the yeah, world yeah. where it is. And it's used in every phone. Yeah. Which. And. Uh, I think it's unobtainium. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the um, stupid name. Um, the yeah. So like Taiwan is very important to America and its economy and industry and stuff like that in America. And they kind of have this agreement that they help out Taiwan. But uh, like in in one of in one of the documentaries I watched, but sorry, was with, it was an interview with Taiwanese guy, and he was um, he was saying. That they're prepared, they'd probably be fighting China for like a couple of months before America would even do anything. Yeah. Because they're afraid to get involved. But so is it just an agreement with Taiwan or are they like bound to, like are they, is there any sort of um, obligation to? I think there is, okay. yeah. Because that's the deal with China, like the exchange, or with Japan, sorry. Yeah. Like that, if Japan are attacked tomorrow, yeah, America have to be there to defend them by tomorrow evening. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they've essentially been paid by Japan to do yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the deal was at home, but the impression but I got was... But there is an obligation of some sort anyway. Yeah. and Because they did before, again, I was talking about that thing with the missiles and they sent two destroyers out to yeah. the sea. And China claim they launched destroyers, but like the closest one was 300 miles away. Where America say they're like right up at the coast, like between uh, China and... Um, Taiwan, you know, yeah. like so, so you don't know who to believe, you know, in that sense. So America see this. We showed our force and they backed off, and China is saying they showed us a force and we thought, okay, so that's what we have to match now. Yeah, you yeah. know, and so there's this constant distrust. Is it's it's the neighbor you hate, you know? It's 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 that kind of thing of it's. Well, I feel like Russia with my neighbors. Like my neighbors are all NATO, and I'm Russia. Because they're oh, all yeah, okay, yeah. they're all members of the, the I don't want to say oh, where the, I live, but the, the such like and resident such community, ha- yeah, yeah, yeah. And, all and like you park like the last oh, yeah. time you drove here, I had to go out because you parked in the wrong space, and I was just like, no, you need to park because like we'll be <laughs> ten minutes into recording, and three of them will be over to tell, even tell though me. no, none of them have cars. Yeah, there's yeah. three <laughs> houses that don't, don't own cars, <laughs> yeah. but you're encroaching on their land, like yeah, yeah. Um, um, their parking sort of, space is Crimea, like. Yeah. I can see Russia trying to take Taiwan. That's definitely going to happen. Yeah, China. Or sorry, China trying to take Taiwan. That's definitely going to happen. Now that would be, that'd really trust Banner in the works, wouldn't it, if Russia yeah. swooped in? <laughs> but whether that sets off World War Three, I don't know. It could just be a big battle. America will get involved, but not directly, like not too, like they might come along and be like, guys, come on, like chill out. I don't know if they'll actually start firing back and forth at each other, yeah. you know. And it might be it might be a war that lasts a month and a couple of hundred losses on each side, and then it's over. And then they're in they're in peace talks for the next ten years. Where with Russia, 
uh, they're kind of getting more aggressive, but then are America more aggressive? And it's yeah. Uh, do you think there's a linchpin there, or there's been a lot of incidences over as we were talking about there over the last like seventy years that could have been a linchpin, and then it kind of diffused. Well, with such a long time of peace between. Well, since World War Two, yeah, it would only make sense that the linchpin would actually like. It's, let's say World War Three starts in two twenty twenty four. Yeah, the linchpin could still you could still draw the direct descent to the linchpin being nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, that's like it, it, like twenty years of conflict. Look, we're still in the Middle East. Or yeah, we're not, yeah. but the, the Americans are still in the Middle yeah. East since two thousand and two or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. So, like, if that escalated and became a world war by 2024, yeah. the linchpin would have just lasted 20 yeah, years. Yeah. And which is the, the, the one we haven't mentioned yet, of course, the Middle East is... Yeah. I, uh, anybody listening to this knows that that's a possibility of where World War Three starts, considering <laughs> how many countries are involved and how many, like... You know, you, everybody has a hand in that. Like it's just, but you have so many separate. Like so, you ha- you have like the shit with the Islamic State. Yeah, you have Israel and Palestine conflict, <laughs> Egyptian uprisings. You have Syria. I know not not technically the Middle East, but it's yeah, scrapes yeah, the, the edge. Area, yeah, and then you have all the players we talked. Like you have the Russians supporting Syria. Yeah, the Americans supporting Israel. So Russians supported Egypt before, so all those conflicts take off at the same time. It's just a mess. Okay. <laughs> and though China aren't involved really in the Middle East, as far as I know, seeing that they have bought all that land in Africa, I don't know how and what exactly what sections, but there's at least a precedent that they are buying land, and maybe if they wanted to extend their capital ventures into the Middle East, they could become they could. Yeah, get involved in that. Yeah. Well, they, well, they've bought a lot of um, over the last couple of years, like fifteen, twenty years. They've been buying up a lot of uh, oil companies. And stuff yeah, like that. yeah, so they definitely have an interest in it. You know. That's oh yeah, the, but even a military like actually yeah, putting yeah. putting <laughs> boots on the ground. Like, yeah, Jesus. Well, I imagine there's Chinese military in Africa. I'm just a complete guess, but considering what goes on, what like goes on in Africa for lack of a better word with just <laughs> pe- like I mean there's constantly rebel forces just stealing land and stuff yeah. I imagine you have to protect your interests yeah. in Africa yeah I wonder like how many foreign militaries are currently just stationed somewhere in the Middle East <laughs> whether it's peacekeeping whether it's training yeah. procedure whether it's war game. I just I would like that we've people we've troops there in under UN yeah like, yeah. like and, it's we're, like, we're a tiny country with four million people like yeah. at the edge of the Atlantic. So the worry there isn't isn't so much like the nuclear your classic nuclear war that you could face with Russia. Yeah. It's like terrorists getting their hands on a few nuclear missiles. Oh yeah, and, and it, just setting it all off. Yeah, but or it, or it could even be as simple as you have American troops raid a village. And accidentally kill a load of Russian troops, and then we're all fucked. Like, you, you, like who are also raiding the village at the same time? You know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot of that shit's gonna happen. You well, know, like if 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 like say I don't know, Syrian rebels got their hands on a nuclear yeah 
arm and fucking attack somebody with it that's on America's side. And America yeah. can you know, retaliate nuclear with nuclear, so and they'd it's be against NATO or whatever. Like and that. then fucking Russia come directly involved. You know, you just yeah, it can kick off in. Yeah. Well, like it happened. It almost happened before when it was was it Israel, the October War, where I think was it Israel and Egypt, it only lasted for a few days because America got and Russia got involved. They were siding with Egypt. And once they got involved, the Americans came to side with Israel. And then they're just <laughs> like, okay, we got no problem here. Because once Russia, yeah. they, were, they were like, oh, well, this is going to turn nuclear straight away. But it's just, uh, <laughs> it's it just makes me think of like, you know, a kid being bullied by a bully and then he calls his big brother. And the bully's just like, yeah. whoa, <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah, we're just, hey, we're, we're, just we're just playing around, guys. You know, it's... Uh, with with terrorists as well, it's not so much them getting like a ballistic fucking missile. It's like a dirty bomb or something, which yes. is just it, with the difference. Like a nuclear bomb, like that's the hydrogen bomb or what, yeah. or different variants. But a dirty bomb would be is like uh, I guess it, it's a regular bomb with uh, radioactive ra- radioactive material. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have a nuclear explosion. You yeah. Have, you spread radiation. Yeah. yeah. The way the way like a normal bomb will just sm- spread smoke and pollution and shit. Yeah, you yeah. just shit like. Yeah. And this will be shit, but with radioactive particles stuck to that shit. Yep. And they're like, they're terrifying. That like, is they're terrifying, almost scarier yeah. as well because they're it's, made with material that you can, like, steal from a hospital. <laughs> like, yeah, it's. it's you like, just have to steal from, like, 20 hospitals or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it'd take a while. But, but and that's the, that's the, other, that's just the other worry that. Terrifying. If terrorists got started like using dirty bombs, that again you you fight once some once it's essentially like once somebody initiates the nuclear option, whether it's with some a homemade dirty bomb or not, yeah. Once you bring fucking something that dangerous into the mix, that's what yeah. the others then bring to the table to retaliate. Yeah. Now, like the, there's because that's so that's kind of like going into a nuclear war. But that's what World War Three would be, though. Uh, yeah, well, again, like, well, actually, going back to like kind of the China thing, like I was saying there, it could very quickly become. It would eventually turn nuclear, but it would start off as very modern warfare, which is okay. Yeah, but like, if 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 Japan had a nuclear arsenal and they were ta- they after Hiroshima was bombed, they bombed New York with a nuclear bomb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. World War Two would have therefore been known forever as a nuclear war. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um, in every in, in a, a world war, like what kind of what what makes a world war? Yeah, it's because yeah, it's hard. I'm trying to think how to define it because because you consider like China and America being a world war. Well, if only two con- well, countries are yeah, involved, would it, involved, would it be a world war? I think that's that's a Pacific war. Yeah, yeah well, it's just a war. Like I mean, yeah, yeah. there'd be less countries like. You know, the, the war in Afghanistan had all the NATO countries involved. Yeah, yeah, Let's say there was, like, on average 30 countries involved in that war. Is yeah. that not a huge amount of the world? Should that not be considered just a world yeah, war? Yeah, when you can think of, like, World War Two, like, how many countries are involved in that? Like, yeah, Probably around, probably better. the same, like. But yeah. I think the point I was making more so is, well, I, I think technically what it's, when it's fought on two different continents at the same time and it's the same oh, okay, conflict. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the technical one term. Yeah. But also I would argue that it's when the entire world is at risk. Yeah. When when it's just 
even though like every war kind like even you know the Vietnam War affected yeah. every economy, but when like there's a risk, the entire world will suffer greatly. Yeah. I think that that's what I would consider a world okay, war. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see, this big thing is uh, just from like stuff I, I research I did there was it was just talking about like the advancement of war and how it'd be different to every other war is like the big targets for say the likes of America or to against them is like it's just starting hitting communication satellites yeah and things of course that. and like China China did a couple of years ago they blew up one of their own satellites space to show yeah. that they could do it yeah yeah and uh, America France and China have developed this laser technology that like blinds and disables satellites that's the continuation of the Star Wars program. yeah so yeah. they're just like you're shooting a laser up at a satellite in the in, in space um, and so that's gonna be that's gonna have, like worldwide that'll have an effect on economy and infrastructure. Like I, I imagine if a world war breaks out for us here, Ireland as our small country, we're gonna lose like that's just the end of imports. Like for like that's it. You know, like shipping lanes are closed, air air space is restricted. You know, we're gonna have a lot less resources. We're gonna have to rely on what we can produce yeah, yeah, here yeah. ourselves communications are fucked the internet is going to be half of what it is it'll suddenly be slow loads of websites will be gone you know there'll be a lot of that kind of knock-on effect what will that have effect on jobs and the economy and so that that's going to be like without even a single bomb going off near us that'll be the minimum effect and i think a war that causes that would be a world war yeah, kind yeah. Of when you're talking about a world war and you're talking about the potential it has all that shit going without all that shit yeah that's a breeze like <laughs> yeah, no it is oh, no, they've done, yeah, yeah. done it before like yeah yeah you know, when you actually look at what people lost during world war Two, especially in countries like ireland yeah. that barely had anything to begin with like yeah. world war two or world war one like fucking hell people people the entire world over just had nothing for like 20 years like yeah, yeah. it was just like oh we've got nothing now like yeah, nothing. Like so that that stuff like that, yeah, of course that definitely happened. Yeah. Like the first yeah. thing to go is like the, is the internet. Yeah. Um well that's the other side of it. I think you you it'll be a war that'll be fought very different in that most of it will be a lot of it anyway, will be done through hacking. Like Yeah, hacking. There'll is be so be much thing. hacking, uh different systems like so as they don't seed and the the next thing coming like Yeah. Would they just be like going after Big targets will be all like airports and um and then they'll be taking out like power stations and shit like that just to yeah. fuck up countries. It's... Do you think it'll happen? Uh do I think World War Three will happen? In the next two decades. Uh I'd say there's a pretty strong probability, like Yeah, me too. Like it might not it's not like one of those things where even though we're wrong, it's not like predicting who's gonna win the presidency <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just a thing like i wouldn't be surprised if it started in six months or or if that it's had been another... going on for the last 15 years <laughs> uh well that i'd be surprised because i don't think i think yeah, even yeah. though I, I don't think it'll be like oh it'll only last a weekend i think world war three probably probably see about like 18 months before the first nuke goes off <laughs> 18 months before it's either been solved or there's nothing left to solve. <laughs> yeah. Um I'd say I'd say you're I'd say you'd be lucky to for a, a war a world a global conflict where there's like tr- say three superpowers involved. 
the idea that that could actually go on for two years is crazy. Like, no, like yeah. the, there's all those armies have far too much power, have far too much to lose to stay in that sort of a conflict for that long. Yeah. The reason the Americans stayed in Afghanistan for so long is because they just kept gaining, like, <laughs> essentially. Like, yeah, yeah. The American people, in terms of, like, tax debt and uh, the loss of soldiers and all that, it was huge, but the, yeah. the government wasn't really losing. No. And the... That's that's one of the things is uh, like America or the US they haven't none of these superpowers have faced each other in seventy years so it's they're, they've all well, adapted none of them have really faced each other any like properly no, anyway no, but, like that's what I mean like they've they've all adapted their warfare and their military training to these like smaller battles and stuff so it's going to be really interesting yeah, thing. yeah. like like despite all their posturing and all their preparation they're going to be like fuck how are we going to have a war against Russia or Russia against America. Like, it's just, how the fuck do you do it? Like, it's just going to be, it's new territory for all of them, is my point, you know. Yeah. They can plan and guess how it's going to go and then it's going to be totally different. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's just scary. So, so you think... I mean, sorry, fucked. what I was saying beforehand, no, well, sorry, what I was saying was, I won't be surprised if it happened in six months, but also I wouldn't be surprised if we had another, like, 60 years with oh, okay, just yeah. posturing. Um, yeah. My point was more that I just I think it's a crazy one to even try and predict because it's just something that can just happen like that. Yeah, like we we could literally wake up tomorrow and just an event that has to lead to a third world war could That's happen. Like, yeah, yeah. Because like all the things we're talking about are current standoffs. <laughs> all They're all happening. current yeah. standoffs. And I think if it does happen, yeah, I, I can't see it being a long global conflict. I think hmm. if there isn't a victor within 18 months, yeah, there's, there's, not, there's not going to be one. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So we're not going to see our 50s, so you're saying? <laughs> oh, we might still see. I, uh, there might not be. Well, we'll survive, obviously. Yeah, there, there won't be. A, a, a government won't win. Like, I, I don't know if the entire world will be destroyed, but. No. I, I mean, I don't rule that out either. <laughs> but no, I just mean, my, like. I think what, the, the countries involved will just do irreparable damage to each other. Like, Yeah, it'll be a long recovery from that. And then that's the thing is when they're all damaged and beaten is when they're the most vulnerable and most likely to start fighting again. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how World War Three will, will be fought, but World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. Yeah. That's... But, um, like, yeah, it's that thing. Now, obviously, the Americans only use nukes because... They were the only ones that had them. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, but, yeah, when you think about it, there's no way that Japan wouldn't have used them. They wouldn't have retaliated with by the same means. Yeah. So, like, you, and that's why nobody's used nukes. We've talked about this before, that essentially the reason we haven't seen a nuclear war is because everybody has them. Well, so the, we're yeah, safer it's, it's a with level them. playing field. Yeah. Now, yeah. But... It just takes one person to to do it. Mad enough to do it. And look, we do have to. I feel like we. I'd like to do the eighties movie thing, where any time we refer to the current after this episode, any time we refer to Trump, we just refer to him as president. And oh, not okay. by name. You know the way these movies would never oh, say yeah, that name the president. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you don't want to date your film. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you do have to think of. Trump being involved and yeah. we talked about this in our dead zone episode about the likelihood of him using nukes. 
nukes. And so maybe he won't. Maybe he won't. And I wouldn't think he, he would. But there's people who imagine he might. There's also, there's people out there that are crazy. Like, he's a good example of just showing the type of... He's now in charge of yeah. of uh, the biggest nuclear arsenal in the world. Yeah. Put it that way. Which is mad when you think about it. Yeah. yeah. He's a guy who like, tweeted John Stewart at three in the morning once and called him a pussy. <laughs> like, and that's a guy that now is... Like, literally in control of that. Yeah. So, I mean, he's continuously come across as very thin-skinned mm. and very quick to fight. Sued Bill Maher for making a joke about him. Like, yeah. And, uh, now he'll just nuke everybody. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But not even that. The fact that he's that personality and people are afraid of him going nuclear means there are people more likely to go nuclear. Putin isn't afraid of him. He's kind of no. laughing at him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now that could be, he might be laughing at him because he's laughing with him because maybe they just have a, an arrangement <laughs> before this. So maybe that's a good thing that he's president. Because like, yeah, yeah. that's the weird thing I actually found when people are like, oh, Trump's got an elite, like he's on good terms with Putin. It's like, seems like a good thing actually. Like anything that like stops them from <laughs> going to war. probably a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not such a bad thing that the American president and... Uh, Putin would be on speaking terms at least yeah. but yeah it's just the worry that, you ha- that that's who they're given control but also it's who they've given control before. like so when you see in movies like it's in the dead zone where there's the briefcase with the handprint to iron oh, the bomb yeah, of course, yeah. that's true like yeah they call it the football yeah yeah and and it goes everywhere the president goes yeah somebody from the CIA carries it with them and they stand behind They're always behind in them. like the car behind them yeah. or whatever when he's going somewhere. And the president has a card they call the biscuit. Yeah. And that's what opens it. Uh, now you need his print. To, that opens it and has all the information on it and it's scanned and then you still need the president's thumbprint or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but you can get into the football with the card. Bill Clinton lost that card for three months <laughs> and didn't realise. Oh. Jimmy Carter Yeah. Sent a suit to the dry cleaners with the card, <laughs> and it wasn't until he left office that they realized they were like, "Where's oh, the?" Because he had to hand it back. Yeah, yeah and they're like, "Where's the card?" Oh yeah, and he's like, "Shit, I don't know." Where's the biscuit? And then they had to go looking for it, and eventually tracked it down the heat. Jimmy Carter, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> Reagan, when Reagan was shot. Oh yeah, I think it went through the card. The card ended up with a nurse. She didn't know what it was, but yeah, yeah. now his at least like he had no control over that. He'd been shot. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but Clinton and Carter with no excuse. Can you imagine? <laughs> I imagine George Bush like kissed it every morning, kept it under his pillow. Like you know, the classic thing is you keep yeah. it going under your pillow. He kept his biscuit under yeah, your pillow, yeah. and like get up in the morning, he'd be like, "I love you, biscuit." It seems like the Republicans took better care of it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> But that's it, like, oh, the liberals, the liberals just, sure, they'll never be using the nukes, so. Now, I can now see Trump doing speeches where he takes it out of his pocket and he's like, because I got this! <laughs> Check this out! Um, it's huge! But that's the people that uh, are left in charge of that. <laughs> I don't even know, I don't think there is even an explanation to how Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton, he just lost it. There's no story behind it. He left it in uh, some woman. Watch <laughs> it. He was probably but, like using it to cut up uh, cocaine or something. <laughs> Left it on a table in a strip club. Or, um. <laughs> but yeah, so they're uh, the the guys that have 
have yeah. their finger on the button, essentially. So we'll hope uh, Trump will be better with it, but you never know. Yeah. You see, he'd lose it, and then he'd deny he ever had it to begin yeah, with. Yeah, they never gave it to me. Not true. Never gave it to me. Not true. <laughs> Obama kept his. And then, like, somebody would show him a tweet of him, like, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see Obama. Obama has to give it back, and he's just like, it'll be for the greater good. And he just scans it into the <laughs> machine. <laughs> now, how it works, like, so they don't, just for people, to, if this is new information to you, yeah. like, so... It's not like the president scans it, opens up the case and presses a button and there's nukes launched. It's if there is like signs of an attack, the people... Because it used to be, like we were talking about the close calls at the start. Yeah. It was kind of up to the people in those defense centers discretion to, you know, if they saw an attack coming. No, it was pre-planned, like, oh, if this happens, you launch 10 missiles or whatever. But it was up to their discretion to decide if it was time to enact those plans. And they're pretty much taught, like, that's above their pay grade. Like. Yeah, yeah. And so I think the reason they call it the football, the idea the ball has to drop with somebody, and that's why it's called the football. So oh, it's if, yeah. they, if there's an appending attack or whatever, they think there's missiles coming in, and there might be a two-minute retaliation time, they contact the person who minds the football. Yeah. Say there's been an attack, he tells the president, and then the president's signing into that is essentially to confirm... Yeah, that's uh, yeah. You have to do it. Now. Yeah, now I think he can technically call in an attack if he just decides, oh, we should do this. <laughs> but the idea is, it's it's pretty much the, it goes through a chain of command. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's, to, it's, to, it's pretty much the pre- the way the president says yes or no to. Yeah, yeah. So it's not quite the the scary movie version, but <laughs> like he presses a button and just automatically launches yeah. <laughs> all the nukes. Yeah. Which I won't be surprised if that did exist and we're just told the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so do you think because. Do you think there's? So you seem to think there's a chance uh, there'd be a third world war that just wouldn't go nuclear. Well, no, I think, I think it'll be like that kind of like eighteen months of, you know, shooting down satellites and hitting power plants and airports and, uh, like building towards nuclear. I don't think it'll be the first reaction. No, I don't think the first reaction, but it'll eventually go nuclear. But that might be two nukes going off, or it could be. <laughs> 10,000 nukes going off you know yeah. like it's um... but it could like I can see I could also see it being like three months of conflict and then a nuke yeah you know yeah. I don't yeah I don't see it as like there'll just be one weekend and everybody will fire their nukes at each other no um, my point is yeah it won't be that 12 hours but I don't see it like that that's not to say that's not a possibility like it, that could still <laughs> yeah. happen I don't think there's any there's nobody really in the world who just wants to destroy another country. Like, there might be a few just, you really horrible, racist, bigoted idiots who would like yeah. to, like, would be like, oh, I wish our president would just bomb them. There's those yeah. type of people. Those type of people don't tend to be the smartest. No. <laughs> so they don't tend, they're not, going, they're not going to get a, like, there's no president in the world, I don't think, that thinks like that. Because nobody, no, no matter, even somebody, well, certain dictators who are just born into it. But my point being, even like a Putin, yeah. really intelligent guy, charismatic, actually has a lot of support. Like generally, like yeah. Russian people think he's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the propaganda says they think he's the godlike, yeah. but the reality is they still think he's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The majority, and anyway. he's not, not going to give up power anytime soon or anything. Yeah, like, yeah. He's obviously a smart guy. 
don't really know what his personal beliefs are in terms of like what races he doesn't like. I know he's not a fan of the gays and all that, but yeah. But my point is, he don't. There, I can't imagine there's any one people he would just be like, oh, I wish they just didn't exist, or even yeah. one country. Like I, I can't imagine he even has anything against the American people. No, no, not necessarily. I just, I just don't think there's anybody who would just want to just start launching nukes and destroy another country. I don't think there's anybody alive that could like live with that sort of guilt. So yeah, you're never going to see the the all-out nuclear war happen over the course of a weekend. Yeah, unless it's by accident or like the machines well, take over or what you know. Well, I was just going to say that it would be another thing of somebody didn't realize they flicked on the simulation, yeah. and then that's your that's your twelve-hour war. Yeah, like that is. Yeah, yeah. Is, that's where but which mad comes into effect. Don't actually rule that out. Not so much. You'd hope that the computer systems have gotten better, but I can yeah. imagine there's somewhere it's still running Windows Vista. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's other scenarios to how it could arise. We we never really touched on North Korea. No, actually, yeah, we mentioned them. Now they're not a huge player because they don't really have the capability. Most of what we know about them is either exaggerated or yeah. uh, propaganda but or then three years terrifyingly ago, real. Yeah, well, then a few years ago, they did just launch a bunch of missiles at South Korea and hit bases there and just there was a, they just killed a couple of hundred South Korean soldiers for absolutely no reason. Just for the laugh. So like, that is the country you're dealing with there that will yeah. randomly do shit like that. So if they have nuclear capabilities which it looks like they do they're the ones that could easily just decide fuck it yeah that's it like we were saying no one out there wants to do that possibly yeah. North Korea side of the, the we were talking about the not so much accidents but you know the the idea that say a Chinese say, say, say you're a Chinese official yeah. it wouldn't be such a bad idea so you want America at the picture it wouldn't be such a bad idea to just not bother with creating like a huge nuclear arsenal, yeah. cut back on your your military spending a bit, and just find a backdoor into America's network. Oh yeah, and launch a nuke from America at Russia, and just sit back and watch, and just let them wipe each other out. Yeah, yeah, and then you you rule the you rule the world. Yeah, like uh, that's the type of thing that I, I worry about. Yeah. Which will happen. Actually, one of the documentaries I was watching, um, it was the American Defense Forces were doing this big overhaul of all their computers, of all their systems in like FBI, CIA, the whole lot, right? And they ordered something like 300,000 computers from Lenovo. Right. And when they were beginning to be shipped, one CIA agent went, hang on a second. We've commissioned all these computers from a company in that's own, that's in China, yeah, yeah, that's a, and everyone was like, "Yeah." And they're like, "There is nothing like." And he he had basically just spent like ten years before that working in a department where they were preventing, um, like plug-in devices put into computers or bits of software preloaded into computers that were being used for spyware, and he was just mm. like, "What's to stop them doing this uh, to the, all these computers?" And they were all like. Oh yeah, 
Suddenly they cancelled the order. I always think about that, like, where do the computers that launch nukes come from? Like yeah. China. <laughs> no, but like, yeah. the, the idea that <laughs> it's just, because, you know, when you see it in old movies, you just see the tube sort of monitors and stuff. You don't really think about yeah, it. Yeah. Now I'm, you're so familiar with different tech that, because it's always weird when you, when you see video of a NASA launching a satellite and you just see a pile of IMAX and Dell computers. <laughs> no, yeah. Just to think that a nuclear bunker, like the, lo- the silos, yeah, has that same look where there's probably, I mean, there's probably, like the, the, the football yeah. that they have, that's probably now just an iPad in a briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> because all it has to do, it's, it's just a fucking computer that registers a thumbprint. Yeah, that's it. Uh, no, it's probably not. I'm sure it's not quite. No, it's. Do you know what it is? It's a Sa- Samsung Galaxy Note Seven. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's it. We're me. never, we're never going to get Samsung this sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last four podcasts. Oh, which conflict do you think? If you were to, if you were a betting man, which conflict do you put your money on? Um, or is it, do you see it as being a mix? I definitely see it as being a mix. Yeah. I see a China America war happening, but not necessarily being what we would consider yeah. World War Three, but being very close. But then that could be the moment where Russia go, oh, they're busy. We'll move in on NATO, on Ex- the NATO yeah. states now. And then suddenly it all just kicks off yeah. and three to 18 months later, somebody, uh, then <laughs> all this is going on, all these like, like uh, they're, they're doing airstrikes against each other, they're hacking the shit out of each other, they're shooting down satellites and then North Korea go, we're going to set off a nuke. <laughs> and then we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think that uh, that before a massive world conflict like you just described kicks off, that they will all sit around and go, okay, lads, before we do this, we all have... You guys know that little shit in North Korea is just waiting for his moment. So like, <laughs> Let's all hit them first. Just hit them for just so it's even and know, we all know who's dealing what hand. Like, they just obliterate North Korea. Like, yeah. I'm not even joking. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Because, like, again, they're all smart guys. I'm sure. Can you are. imagine that? It's like China, Russia... America all get into a big conflict and they all like just ring each other and be like we take out it okay okay we're doing this we're doing this yeah. but let's take out North Korea first they're like yeah oh yeah totally yeah makes sense completely yeah yeah and, let uh, us know what you think what you think uh, will be the the beginnings of World War 3 and if you think it'll go nuclear tweet us and all that yeah I you see I, I take a little I think I would kind of enjoy in a lot of ways the whole like no more imports no internet having to like rationing and all that kind of I take kind of a little bit of a pleasure in that I think yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, because we do all this kind of stuff I think it'd be kind of fun well, we won't be able to do any of this kind of stuff no then. no but because we're always talking about these kind of things and survival and stuff you would be a survivalist yeah and you would like it for about two weeks yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so World War 3 will happen I mean, is there any any more to say about it? No, just um, have a nice apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs>